Hi, this is Vicki Baird, and you are listening to Intuition, Your First Sense. This episode, I'm going to answer some questions that came in from some of the other episodes and from when I put the request out for you to send me some questions. The dialogue that gets created around that I think is important because other people may be asking or wanting to ask the same question and just don't. Like when you're in a seminar and you want to ask a question and thankfully somebody else raises their hand and they ask the question so you don't have to talk in front of all those people. That's what this is about. So this is what we're going to cover this week and I'm so glad you joined me. VickiBear.com. It's time to be your best. It's time to reconnect with your first sense. Trust in your gut, it's the real thing. Let's see what your future brings. Time to let the fun commence. Intuition, your first sense. So this week, like I said, I'm going to answer some questions that were sent in from you wonderful people out there around this big blue and green globe we got going on. And I really appreciate the time that you listen to the podcast and also that you take to think up your questions and send them in. So the first one comes from Sharon and her question was or is since it's in current time um is there such thing as a soulmate life partner and do you travel together through other lives and i had talked about this in in one of the episodes and i'll be honest i don't remember which episode that is um number 16 17 somewhere in there and I, while i do believe that we have soul that we know and that we are familiar with and they're part of our soul group, I often will suggest to people that they not line up with the idea that they want a soul mate. The reason being is in spiritual and in, you know, the what I know of the metaphysical world, when you're talking about a soulmate, you're talking about someone that you agreed to travel with and to learn some of the more challenging lessons with. And I feel like being human, being in partnership and connecting with people is tough enough sometimes without having to add the added component of please bring in the big whammy lessons and I want to travel with you, oh soulmate of mine. So often I will, if someone's looking to meet up with someone or to connect and create that relationship, I will ask them to think of it in more of a loving, heart-centered, a you're completely good in who you are, I'm completely good in who I am, we're going to keep learning and all of that, but we're individuals. We don't need to meet in order to feel complete within ourselves or filled up or connected with the universe. So there are soulmates. Of course there are. But a soulmate can be that cat that you adopt that's just a pain in the choochie boomy, and yet you you love them but you have a very contentious relationship the entire time you're together. Um, it can be absolutely in you know partnership and marriage 
that the soulmate and hopefully you could get to the place of having gratitude for having had such soulmate, but I wouldn't go seeking one. Um, they would travel through other lives. You wouldn't choose a soulmate in this lifetime if you didn't have some familiarity in a previous lifetime. So uh, I think it's just best to not go creating that dynamic. It's challenging enough to be human. Um, she also had another question. I thought I would do them all together since she took the time to send them in. If the goal is self-acceptance, which I had talked about in one of the episodes, I really believe that we all have the same life purpose, and that's to arrive in self-acceptance. The path in which we travel is, of course, very different because we have experiences and we have all the dynamics that make us who we are uh, in our history, cellular and in the physical and um, so getting to self-acceptance is going to be a little bit more challenging. And if that's the goal, she said, do people still have lessons to learn when they die? Yes, we do. Um, it's not other people either. We often ask these questions as if we're not going to go through the same process. I think it would take a lot of stress out of life if we would just have the very real conversation that we are all going to croak we are all going to kick the bucket, check out, punch our ticket. That's it. Say goodnight, Gracie. We're all going to do that. Um, will we still have lessons to learn when we do that? Yes. Um, the eternalness of your soul sets that up pretty nicely that we will continue to learn. I don't think of them as lessons as in can you pass or fail. I think of them or... At, that there's some kind of curriculum already laid out for you. Um, we, the premise is there that you will continue to learn. I will continue to learn. Everyone will continue to learn. The ego will stay here when you leave your physical body. So there isn't any contrast, yet there still is the opportunity to learn. We learn much more in the human experience because contrast helps us pay attention. So if everything was all gray and there was nothing to show us that we were capable of more expansion, and sometimes that is through the places where we get frustrated or annoyed, we wouldn't grow. So the idea that we come back again and again is because we get excited to learn. Um, and we each have our own contract. So when you come in, when you go out, of course you can alter this. There are many points along the, pro uh, along the way that we can take an exit. Um, and you can certainly take that exit by not taking care of your physical vessel and you can speed up the process. So when um, we are complete with our contract, we then enter into that space of non-physical and do our life review and decide from there what we would like to learn next. So thank you so much, Sharon, for sending those questions in. Um, the next one came from Gail and she asked about psychic vampires. I had mentioned them on one of the episodes and 
she was asking for a little bit more clarity. What they are, how do I know? And her last question I loved, how do I know if I'm one? What a brave question to ask. Very self-aware um, and very open, I think, to learning how she's contributing and interacting with the world around her. So Gail, good good on you, as they say in Australia. Um, so psychic vampires are those individuals that receive and pull energy off of other people. And I really do believe, and I don't think I'm being completely naive because I tend to look at a very practical side of life, even with my wiring, especially with my wiring, that I think a lot of people don't know they're doing it. They've either become codependent, they've become used to the attention, but they don't really know that they're pulling energy off of someone else. How you know you're in the presence of psychic vampires is typically because when they're around, you feel exhausted when they leave. There might be a lot of energy while they're there. Psychic vampires tend to kick up drama um, and they tend to be people who want people looking at them either through because they've developed the Velcro to the back of the hand that's attached to their forehead and everything is a calamity or because they just bring a lot of energy into the room complaining and all that other low vibrational stuff. And it takes a lot of energy to be there. It takes a lot of energy to be miserable. And that means that they have the pull off of other people. And don't be fooled. A lot of psychic vampires will come to you with a great big smile on their face. If you feel exhausted when someone leaves the room or you finish a conversation, you have just contributed your energy plasma to their blood bank and um, you're helping them to exist. So that's, that's the best way I know how to tell if you're surrounded by one is simply pay attention to how you feel. So am I one? I think you'd have to look at your own interactions with people and you would have to maybe ask the people around you, maybe not in those terms because you don't want to lead anyone, but to say um, to someone you trust, do you feel like I'm contributing to this relationship? Is there something else I could do to contribute to this relationship? You could look at how when you're with other people, do you constantly turn the story back to self? Are you waiting to respond to someone else's talking so that you can tell your story, so that you can be heard? And we all have to be heard. We all need to be heard. We all want to be seen and acknowledged. Um, it is best if done in a mutually um, reciprocal way. So... The best way to tell if you are one, are people avoiding you? If they're avoiding you, yep. And you may phase in and out of this. And it's a matter of really being willing to pay attention and to be honest with yourself if you're being a little bit of a needy now. And, and if you are, what is it within you that requires fortifying? Do you need some time? 
alone? Do you need to eat cleaner? Do you um, need a hug? It, you know, what is it? Do, are you lacking creativity in your life and something that would fill you up, that would give you energy and would feel amazing? Is that gone? Um, would you need to contribute that to yourself so that you're not looking to other people to make the withdrawal? And it's important to pay attention to this because we all have facets within us that want to connect with others and that um, want to share and be in community. So learning how to be um, respectful and kind about the energy that's coming and going is a very big part of being a conscious person. So I'm going to take a break and I will be back with a couple more questions. Thank you for listening. And on the break, if you come up with a question, you can contact me at any of the social media platforms at Coach Vicki Baird. You can email Vicki at VickiBaird.com. And uh, you can leave uh, a message at any one of the phone numbers on the website, VickiBaird.com. So we'll be right back. If you're listening to this podcast, it's because of Anchor. Anchor is an app that literally makes this podcasting experience so easy. It's free, and there is a creation tool right inside the app, and it'll send it out to all the platforms for you. It has made this process seamless, and something that actually helped me to really be excited about getting all the shows out to you because it didn't take a whole new degree in technology. So feel free to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started on your own podcast and let me know what it is so I can listen to it. You're listening to Intuition, Your First Sense, the podcast by Vicki Baird, intuitive coach, consultant, and speaker. Did you know that you can schedule a private intuitive session with Vicki? Book your own phone or video session online at vickibaird.com booking. And if you're ready to create transformation in your life as you develop your own intuition, choose a coaching package. With three, six, or 12-month options, you can benefit from Vicki's wise guidance over time as you discover your path. Plus, with a coaching package, you'll get improved pricing and priority advanced scheduling. Book today at vickibaird.com slash booking. That's V-I-C-K-I-B-A-I-R-D dot com slash booking. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. Did you come up with any questions? I'm happy to answer them, and I love that it creates a... Uh, a a search within myself too, to connect with what are, you know, what are you interested in? And then how would I answer that? Because I do try to be thoughtful. I don't always create the answers. Some people I'll email if I know it's going to be a while before I get uh, an episode up. But most of the time I'm flying off of here because I want it to be fresh off of what I've, uh, perceived from your question and what I know rather than a canned response. So the next question came in from Krista and she was asking how does she handle the rage that comes up with 
in her when she sees injustices being done mostly to children or surrounding children or um, people who are of different ethnicity being treated differently because we still have some ignoramuses in our world. And yes, that's a little judgmental, but we do have ignoramuses in our world. Um, so she was asking if on the soul level, did these people choose this? Did they decide before they came in that they wanted to be part of this? Were they, are they here to teach us? Everyone is here to teach. Everyone is here and has the capacity to teach others. It doesn't have to be in the formal setting of a classroom. This entire universe is a classroom. So the kids going through the situation, like going on at our borders and in foster care and all of those, and sometimes within family dynamics that look perfectly balanced and normal from the outside, and you find out years later, holy moly, um, there was some stuff going on in there. No, we don't choose abuse from the soul level. What we may choose is to come in and educate as a group. And there are a lot of people who chose this and we need to be very appreciative towards them that they would be willing to go through some kind of sacrifice, some kind of major turn in their own life that they would be bringing awareness to the rest of the world. So it, I want to make it clear that they're not coming in in a situation of being um, uh, a victim or a martyr or, you know, um, uh, the word escapes me, where they would sacrifice their own life. That's not the case at all. Everyone going through their experience in their life is expanding their soul and they are learning and growing and... and um, adding to that eternal part of them. And I think it's disrespectful of us to ever act like they are a participant in their own experience and their own journey. That does not mean we have to stand by and allow injustices when there are others, individ other individuals who are exerting power for their own needs and desires and self-absorption. So no, these souls did not choose abuse, to go through abuse, but they, I do believe, line up in order to educate us that a being is a being. A sentient, sentient being has the, every, the same rights, animals, people, um, plants even. You know, they, we just have to start thinking of everyone as having that beauty within them and that value and that worth. It's not up to us to assign a value or a worth on someone. However, if you see someone being devalued, I do think it's our job to say something and to be involved. And she was talking about the rage that came up with within her. And I had suggested that, you know, is this a frustration that's in there that isn't being expressed? And can you first acknowledge where you may be expressing that but not acknowledging it? So, for instance, are you teaching your own kids to be accepting of everyone? Are you teaching them to 
get to know the person that the individual not the exterior or not the um events of their life and everything but who is that person are you teaching your children to be smart and accepting because i don't believe we have to accept everybody we don't um However, to immediately judge on a classification is not in the energy of spirit, in my complete opinion. So with that frustration, rage is only going to add to the energy of the universe exponentially. It's going to go out. It ripples out. You may think it's only in your house and it's only in your opinion or talking to someone else, but that goes out. So... You, if that's bubbling up inside of you and it's a rage, well, then you probably have unexpressed anger somewhere else that you're not dealing with and maybe some grief or all those things mixed in there. But I would challenge you to look at it and see if it's not frustration. And if it's frustration, apply yourself, do something, volunteer, put together bags that can help people, um, Go serve at a soup kitchen. Um, get on the on the boards and and make the calls and do the protests and everything that helps to move legislation. Because if you're feeling that frustration, there's something calling from within you to help. And also acknowledge where you're doing it in your daily basis. Maybe you're already contributing and you're not even acknowledging it to self. And some of that frustration is, hey, a little bit of uh, awareness towards self would be fantastic. So it's incredibly difficult to not want to storm the doors and to scream and holler. But that doesn't get us anywhere. Everyone shuts down when they're screaming and hollering. It's just a mechanism of our psyche. So if we could be strategic and calm and and firm I mean you don't have to be a pushover but just see what is spend a little time quietly asking what is my soul what is my whole self asking of me and how can I be of service in this moment and that frustration just by doing that will minimize and then you can decide what to do start local start local um okay so the final question comes in from Michelle and she said that um, this year when introducing myself to several people or making appointments even, I'm later acknowledged as Melissa, even after saying my name is Michelle. Is this just coincidence because the name is similar or is it something else? And then she put in parentheses, as I'm writing this, I actually have a high-pitched noise in my ear. Um... Almost every month, someone different in different places calls me Melissa. So um, this is actually pretty common. And yes, there are going to be someone, some people who just don't listen. You know, they're, they barely even make eye contact. And, you know, Michelle and Melissa being very common names. Yeah, some of it is going to be that you're in the presence of those who didn't bother to hit the enter button to really know what your name was. So 
the fact that she had a high pitch ringing, and I'm so glad that she knew to communicate that and then did, is very um, indicative of angels and sometimes guides, but I tend to go 99% of the times it's angels hitting their uh, you've got it right thing that you're onto something, that you're paying attention to the pattern that exists within your world. And my feeling is this is this is a case of those who may be intuitively aware and perhaps not even aware that they are aware and tapping into what might have been a past life name. And it happens a lot. I, I don't know if you've ever had the experience where you know the person's name. You may even know the person really well, and yet you still call them by the wrong name. And I have done this with a client um, so much so I can actually, in in this moment, not come up with her real name. Um, She'll know who she is because I call her Bev all the time. All the time, it's Beverly. That's not her name. (laughs) And it's slightly embarrassing, but then I had to say to her, you know what, I'm going with you have a vibration of Bev and perhaps a previous lifetime, lovely name. Let's just run with this. So it is very possible that someone is picking up on uh, a previous incarnation. And sometimes you'll see this in kids when they want to be called something else. And I'm not talking, well, actually, I do think that it does line up sometimes when uh, a being is going through a transgender identification and and doing that um, connection with self that there's another name that they more align with. And it's not simply because it fits our protocol of being male or female. It simply is that they align more with that name. So uh, my own daughter, her name is Kayla, and I spelled it traditionally with a Y. And she was about 14, 15, I think, when she said, came to me and said that she wanted it at K-A-E-L-A. And I'll tell you, the minute she said that, something shifted within me as if that's what it was meant to be. And I wasn't tapped in, in my youth of 23 years, to be able to grab that, to really, I brought down the name, I got that, but I did not get the spelling of it. So I really do believe that there's a knowing that's within us. And one of the things I would suggest, Michelle, is that you spend some time quietly um, in meditation, in quiet, whatever is your form of meditation. Going to do another episode on that coming up soon. Um, And just asking, where might I connect with this energy of Melissa? You could also ask if this is a guide that is traveling so close to you that it's in your energy field and it's um, affecting (laughs) when someone else is communicating because they are so close. So sometimes it's going to be because people didn't listen. So that is the question they are the questions that that's the last question if you have ones that you would like me to address and you're okay with it being read on air I would love that because I do believe that message for one message for all 
that it applies. I know I've listened to, to many podcasts, many sessions and you know workshops and such where what someone else was experiencing or talking about I could uh, connect with. So I hope that's the case for you and I'm so grateful that you listened to this episode and that you continue to support the podcast and I wish you all the best and ask questions, whether it's of me, ask questions in this world. That's how we learn. It's so exciting. So take care of you. VickiBear.com. It's time to be your best. It's time to reconnect with your first sense. Trust in your gut. It's the real thing. Let's see what your future brings. Time to let the fun commence. Intuition, your first sense. Thank you for listening to Intuition, Your First Sense. As always, please like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening to it. Leave a review and take a minute to share it with a friend. You can find me all across social media at, at Coach Vicki Baird, and you can book a virtual session with me from wherever you are in the world at vickibaird.com slash booking. That's V-I-C-K-I-B-A-I-R-D dot com slash booking. Thank you again and see you on the next episode.